All right, let's get going. Today's daf is daf chav gimel in Maseches Beya, and we are up to Rabba v'Rab Yosef to Amri Tarbayu. All right, we're continuing to go through different situations where it is either mutter or aser to do a malacha on Yom Tif. All right, here we go. Zogt the Gemara. Rabba v'Rab Yosef Amri Tarbayu suchei kasa shiroi biyamatava aser. To turn over a cup of scents to make your your um, ashirai uh, to turn yeah to turn over this cup of ashirai in order to make your clothing smell nice as some sort of perfume is usher on yomtif my time why it's not an issue of cooking but it's a problem of you're making a new uh, a new smell into your garment and it's a problem of mylid of creation. Says the Gemara, Why is it different from uh, we know that you're allowed to crumble up spices with your fingers because you want it to smell nice? Why is that allowed? My timer, uh, and it's mutter. Okay, so what's the reason why you're assering the new smell on the garments while we know it's mutter to crumble these, these uh, spices in order to smell them? I'll tell you the difference. One, there's already a smell coming out. You know, you ever have those pictures where for kids, you scratch and sniff. Yeah? You scratch it and you smell. So when you already have a smell, and the sense is merely adding smell, so then there's not a problem of mylid. But over here, it's a brand new smell, and that's why it's going to be usher. Looking at the chat, is it? Shmuel ben Daiv. Our learning should be as chus for Aliyah Neshama of Shmuel ben Daiv, Reb Aaron's father-in-law. Absolutely, our learning today should be a an Aliyah for his Neshama. And may the family be comforted through our Limar Atayra. All right. It is mutter to put the smelling spices on top of coals. The same way you're allowed to roast meat on coals, so too you're allowed to burn these spices on coals. Okay. Now, obviously, because we're considering it, these spices as well, to be a dabar nefesh, something that everybody needs. Ketura Shari Rav Gavia um, from Bey Kessel gave a drasha by the Reish Kalusa's house. That's where the Tamid Chamim used to gather um, to, you know, in honor of the Reish Kalusa. And there's a lot of Torah that was learned in that, you know, around there. So at the entrance of Reish Kalusa, he said, by the way, I want to tell you a halacha, and that is Ketura Shari. The, the halacha of Ketura is permitted. Says the Gemara is very nice, but I'm not sure what Keturah is. Yeah, my Keturah. What is Keturah, which is allowed? What is that? If you're talking about to kind of press your clothing on Yom Tif, that's not allowed because Maisa Umanhu. That is something that needs a craftsman. And anything that needs a craftsman is going to be Usr. Okay, it's going to be Usr on Yom Tif. And if Keturah is what we find in various places in, in Shas, we know also Avram Avinu's right, Hagar, another name for her was Keturah. 
yeah, which is from uh, to smoke things to create a smell. Aser the hakamachab. It's going to be aser because when does smoke come about? When you put out a fire, you're not allowed to put out a fire on yomtif unless it has to do with achila or something that has to, or something similar to it. Ravashi, Ravashi says la'ilam la'ashem. But we're the the halacha that Rav Gavia gave at the entrance of Reish Kalusa's house that Keturah Ishari is referring to smoke. I why is it allowed if it's putting out a flame? The same way you're allowed to put meat on top of coals in order to roast the meat, although ultimately it's going to cause coals to go out. So too over here by the smoke, it's going to be motor. Some say, Amemar says, My Ketura, what's Ketura? Ikatura biyade. If it means to press your clothing, and if it's to smoke things, Asr, the Kamailid Recha, because it's Mailid. Okay, before we said the problem of smoke is going to be Machabe, putting out a flame. Over here we're saying it's you're creating a new smell. That's going to be the problem. And of that, in this Ikadamri, Amar Ravashi, Ravashi says, Ano Amrisa Nyale. I talk, I said to him, and I told him that this keturah, which is shari, this uh, which is allowed, is referring to smoking. And even though, um, and it's still going to be allowed. Why? Because even though it's making a new smell, still, um, it's going to be. Uh, we still find that it's mutter to put meat on it. So too, uh, and, and that's the halacha. That Rav Gavia is referring to Keturah Shari, you're allowed to put this meat on top of the coals. Okay, beautiful. Two dots. Next part of the Mishnah said, He was lenient and he allowed people to roast animals that look like the Karban Pesach in the way of the Karban Pesach on Pesach. Okay, you got that? Meaning, even though it looks like a carbon Pesach is being brought outside the base of Mikdash. But if you want that meat for your meal, you're allowed to roast it the same way that a carbon Pesach in the unique way the carbon Pesach is roasted. It's up to Gemara Tanya. Relenting of Gaisa. Gaisa Rebasi says, Tudus Ishraimi, Tudus of Rome, Raimi. He made a minute for the people of Rome. Le, uh, the the Yidin in Rome, right? We have Minhagim, so it's referring to the Yidin. To eat a roasted Gedi on Pesach night, Shochulei, Omalei Todos. If you weren't the great Todos that we could argue on, because Rana Lachanidu would put you in Cherem, Shatamaychelas Bnei Yisrael Kachim Bechutz. Yeah. Now, obviously, they weren't actually eating a carbon Pesach, but it looks like you're eating a carbon Pesach outside, and therefore we fought, we we believe it is a terrible mistake to make this a minhag. Right? Obviously, his idea was that people shouldn't forget the mitzvah of Karpen Pesach. That was his, his thought. So, some sort of, you know, uh, Jewish at heart type of approach. Yeah, remind ourselves of Karpen Pesach, eat it. And they said, no, 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 Karpen Pesach should be only for the Karpen Pesach. We can't have, it, it looks like you're eating kachim outside. It says, it's not really kachim. It's similar to kachim. Beautiful. Still, um, Rabbi Gamliel permitted it to be roasted in such a fashion, but the Chum disagreed, right? We know that practically speaking, our minog here in Gullus, in the for Ashkenazim, um, in the, you know, our minog is we don't eat anything roasted on the Pesach, right? At the Pesach Seder, we stay away from from uh, roasted meat. 
to make sure that the meat or chicken should have some sort of gravy, dafka not um, to look like the carbon Pesach. Okay, beautiful. End of that Gemara. We're now get to the next Mishnah. We're about halfway down on Daf Chof Gimel Amud Aleph. And this is the third to last Mishnah in our Perak. We hope to finish the Perak today. And just a reminder this evening, um, even though we did finish Masecha Sukkah a while ago, but being that it's Cholamayin, Ba'ilam is invited at 6.30 to, uh, to the Siyam, and I, I texted out the address where we'll be having the Siyam with the other Dafyadi Chaburis from t- in town. All right, here we go. Zok the Mishnah. Halfway down on Dabchav Gimlamad Aleph. Shleishet Varmer Blos Benazariah Matir. There were three things that that Rabbi Blos Benazariah said are permitted. Vacham Aisim, Vacham argued, and they said it's not allowed. What are the three things? Parasi Yitzer Bertzua Shabain Karnel. He says that a Jewish owned cow is allowed to go out into a Rishos HaRabim with a strap between Karneha, between its horns. Okay? Now, what is the strap doing between its horns? What's it doing there? Two ways to view it. Either you're doing it because you want to make your cow look nice. If that's the case, then it should be... Um, a, it should be permitted for a Jewish-owned cow on Shabbos and Yom Tov to walk outside, right, to, on Shabbos to go outside with it, because it's not considered carrying, it's considered wearing. But if it's a working type of thing, then it would not be allowed. But Rabbi Lozben says it's considered like clothing for the cow, something the cow is wearing, and it is mutter. Chama argued. And you're also allowed to um, comb an animal on Yom Tif. Okay, now what's the issue with combing an animal? The issue here is not pulling out hair. The issue here is, Rashi explains, sometimes you scratch the animal and it could cause it to bleed. Rabbi ben Azariah says you're still allowed to. Okay, even though there's a chance it may bleed, the Chum say you're not. Okay, that was the comb. The Shaykhakin is pilpulin. And you're also allowed to be shaykh, uh, you're allowed to grind up peppers in the mill shalohem, in their regular standard mill, in the regular standard grinding machine. Okay? So, um, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah holds that, um, holds that such a thing is going to be allowed. It's permitted. There's no issue of teichner, as we'll see in the Gemara. We're going to get into this. But the Chum say it's a problem. Rabbi Yehuda says, okay. He says that going back to the issue of combing the animal, you're going to come, you, there's a possibility that you're going to make a chabur, you're going to make a wound in the animal. But the Chachamim say, uh, I'm sorry, if you're not allowed to, you're going to make a wound. Of all the cards of him, but you're allowed to use a wooden comb, which is not as as thin. You're not going to comb it as well, okay, and which is going to cause less chance of having a wound in the animal. Okay, you can't comb any, no matter what type of comb. You're not allowed to comb an animal as long as there is a chance. Um, 
that uh, uh, I shouldn't say as long as there's a chance. We're going to see later on. Even if there, okay, let's just suffice it to say that Chacham say you should not comb an animal. We'll see why soon. All right, very good. Zog Gemara Lamei, do you mean to say the Blazer Benazariah had a paravale? You mean to say that Blazer Benazariah had one cow? Vamarav, Vamilamar, Vidamarav, Placer Alfi Egle. Blazer Benazariah was a big uh, farmer. He had lots of thirteen thousand calves. Have a meiser, which was his meiser, in case he had 130,000 at least mothers, uh, I'm sorry, calves born into his flock, and 13,000 were his, were his meiser. All right? So the Gemara is saying, what does it mean in the beginning of the Mishnah? Parasai, um, his cow, he permitted his cow to go out with a strap between its horns. <laughs> His cow. Come on. Right? He's got hundreds of thousands. So Gamar says, Tana, we learned in the Brisa, that the, the animal we're talking about is not that it was his. It was his neighbor's cow. Because, listen to this, he allowed his neighbor to have their cow go out with the strap between its horns. It's called. Like it was his cow. It means it's, it was like his halacha. Because otherwise, if Loz ben Azariah, the great Ruv, the great Rosh Hashiva, right, um, became Rosh Hashiva when he's 18, if he would allow his neighbor to have the cow walk outside with the strap, if it wasn't allowed, he should have said something. The fact that he didn't say anything gives him the responsibility as if it was his. Oh, Mekardin Sabi If you're allowed to be Mekardin Sabi Mi Yomtev, you're allowed to comb an animal on Yomtev. Turn the rap on the rabbis on social media. Ezehu Kerud, Vezehu Kirtzav. What's the difference between Kirud and what's the difference between Kirtzav? Says Gemara, Kirud, Katana, Baisen, Chabura. Kirud is a very fine uh, comb and it can make a wound. Kirtzav, Gedailim, Kirtzav is Gedailim. It's, it's, it's broader um, teeth. Ve'enu Ezehu Chabura. And it does not make a uh, doesn't make a wound. Now, the gimel machlekes b'dabba. There's a there's a three way three opinions in this machlekes. Three way machlekes. The Buddha says Buddha says davar shein meskavin asher. Buddha says davar shein meskavin. It's not your intent to make a chabur. Your intent is to comb the animal. But he says davar shein meskavin is asher. Miu, however, kirud ketanim ba'isim chabura. When you comb it, and as with very narrow teeth of the comb, kirtzav, so you know it's going to make a chabura. Kirtzav gadol inay se chabura. But like gazrinon, kirtzav otu kerut, and we don't make a gzera on kirtzav, which has the broader teeth because of the narrower teeth. Okay, so you're allowed to do, you're allowed to use the type of combs which uh, which don't cause a wound. That's the opinion of Rabbi Rabban and Savri, Namik Rabbiuda. Rabban agree in one way to Rabbiuda in that a Dabr Shayna Meskavin is Usr. They agree, even if it's not your intent, it's going to be Usr. Because we don't care about the Kirtzav. But they say, no, we're, we're, we still can't let you use a comb with thicker teeth. You know why? Because if we allow you to use a comb with thicker teeth, you may come to use a comb that's too thin, that has thinner teeth and, and is a greater chance of, and, and will make a Chabura. Okay? But Lazarus are you several of Shayna and Dabr Dainu Shayna Meskavin. Mutter says, why did he allow this comb? Because he says, it's not your intent. It's mutter. Therefore, what's my intent? When I'm combing the animal, is my intent to scratch the animal? Is my intent to make a bleed? No. My intent is to make my animal clean and to make it look nice. My intent is not to make it bleed. And therefore, according to Blazman Azariah, it's even if you do end up scratching the animal and causing a wound, 
it is going to be mutter. Amar Rava, Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Shmuel. Rava quotes Rav Nachman to quote Shmuel. V'amrila Amar Rav Nachman Chudei. Some say it was just Rav Nachman who says the following, and that is Halacha Kerb Shimon. We paskin like Rav Shimon that a Dabr Shein Meskavin is mutter. Sheir Rabbi Lazar Ben Azariah Maidlay. We paskin like Rav Shimon because Rabbi Lazar Ben Azariah gives him. And therefore that Halacha, a Dabr Shein Meskavin, that's not your intent. Yes, you might come to cause a wound in the animal. But my intent here is just to clean the animal, beautify the animal. It's going to be mutter on Yomtev. Amalei Rav Lerav Nachman. Rav says to Rav Nachman, I will imamar alach Rav Yehuda. Sharei Chachamim might light. Why are you paskening like Rav Lezben Ezra? Lehi lepinu Rav Shimon. The Chachamim, right? He's got a multiple sages. They paskin like Rav Yehuda. So why don't we say, uh, why don't we paskin that, like them, that Adav Roshayim is Gavin is Aser, um, and be geyser the thicker comb, Atu the thinner comb. I hold like Rav Shimon. First of all, I hold like Rav Shimon. And furthermore, Rav Lozman agrees with him. Okay? And therefore, you have a multiple opinions on that side as well. You have Rav Lozman You have Rav Shimon. And that's why we paskin like, and that's why I paskin Lakula, that a Dabr Shedem Eskavein is mutter, it is allowed. Period. End of that Gemara. Beautiful Gemara. Shas Gemara. And now we turn to the top of Chav Gimel Amadbeis, a brand new Mishnah. Okay, and this Mishnah is going to take us off topic a little bit from Hilchas Yamtif. It's a short Mishnah and Gemara, and the next Mishnah and Gemara are going to kind of bring us a little bit back into uh, this topic of Hilchas Yamtif. But let's let's move on to Hilchas Tumah for just a moment. Zok the Mishnah Harichayim Shal Pilpon. When you have the the rechayim, the mill, in which they would grind up peppers, tamei mishum shleisha kelim, okay, it could become tamei in either part of the grinding machine, okay. Meaning, for something to be tamei, it needs to be it needs to have a status of a kli. It has to be called a vessel. Rashi explains these pepper grinders had three different parts. If any, each one of these parts can technically function by itself or the other parts could function without it. Hence, even if you don't have all three parts together, it's still capable of being Mechabel Toma. That's what we mean over here. It could also work as a Kibble, which is a receptacle. It could hold something. It could also take the status of a metal vessel. And also at the bottom, once it is, um, once it is uh, ground up, it also can act as a sifter or as a sieve. And the Gemara is just going to explain a short Gemara. Tana, we learned in the Brisa, the bottom part of the pepper grinder is what holds everything at the end, right? Once it all comes out, it could hold it. Uh, it, it holds all the ground up pepper on the bottom. And the middle part is the sifter or the sieve that separates the shell from the pepper that's actually coming down. And the top part, the metal, which is the crusher. Yeah, that's what's crushing it. Each one by itself is capable of being makabotum. Okay. Last Mishnah in our parak. Here we go. Agola shall cut on. If you have a baby stroller, Agola literally is a wagon. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, talking about a baby stroller, 
All right? Now, there's an interesting Rashi over here. Rashi says, I don't know why Rashi has to say that. But he says, kids are playing around with it. Kids, kids have a good time. They sit on it. People push the baby around. Okay, I don't know why it has to be for fun and games, but whatever, it's the baby stroller. So, Zok the Mishnah, Agala Shalkat, the baby stroller, Tameya Midras. It's capable of becoming Tomei through Midras. All right? If somebody were to sit or put their body weight or lean on it, okay, um, it could, these things, this, this uh, toy stroller or this baby stroller is capable of becoming Tomei. Vinitelis for Shabbos. And it's also not Muktzah. On Shabbos, you're allowed to move it on Shabbos. However, you should make sure not to roll it on top of earth. You should only roll it on top of kalim, on top of vessels. Okay? Why? Rashi says because of chayrish. You may end up plowing. You push a baby stroller across earth. You end up uh, making holes in the ground. Rebuta says kolakalim in the you're not allowed to be gur, you're not allowed to drag any vessel on the ground, except for a wagon, because that doesn't make a hole, that just pushes the earth in deeper. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, a baby stroller actually would be permitted to roll across earth. But other things that, that dig and make holes in the ground are not going to be allowed. Says the Gemara, the baby stroller, why? Because it's meant for the kid to be saimich on it. A child puts their body weight on it, okay? Meaning sometimes the kid sits on it, sometimes the baby holds on to it. But um, the, any, since it's meant to be leaned on, so it's going to be a makabal toma as far as medris. When you tell us for Shabbos, you let him move it on Shabbos, mishum deikateres kliyala, because it's considered a vessel. And um, it can you cannot roll it over dirt. You can only roll it on top of vessels. Says Gemara Agabe Kalim in. It seems you're allowed to roll a baby stroller on top of vessels. Agabe Karkat Loi, but not on the ground. My time, why can't you roll a baby stroller on the ground? According to the Tanakama, the Ka'abid Kharitz. It's making a furrow. It's making a furrow as it's being as being pushed. Money. Who's this following? Rabbi Yudahi. This is the opinion of Rabbi Yudahi. Dabr Shein Miskavin Asr. There's a pin of Rabbi Yehuda says Dabar She'inu Miskavein is Aser di Rab Shimon because if it, it can't be the pin of Rab Shimon, Rab Shimon would not say it's forbidden to push a baby stroller because remember Rab Shimon just said Ha'amar Dabar She'inu Miskavein Motor. He says if it's not your intent, it's on Shabbos, it's permitted. Okay, so if I'm pushing a baby stroller on dirt, is my intent to make a furrow? No, my intent is to push the baby. So according to Rab Shimon, there, there's no issue. The only issue is going to be, according to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, that's not, how do you know Rabbi Shimon is lenient? Rabbi Shimon, I'm Rabbi Shimon says, You're allowed to drag heavy things as long as your intent is not to plow and, uh, and make a furrow. But now, one second, here's going to be a big problem. Ready? Who was the Tana that argued on the Tanakama? We're just establishing the Tanakama is Rabbi Yehuda. But then look at the Mishnah. Who argues? Oh, one second. Same Rebbe Yehuda. That's what we're saying right now. Rebbe Yehuda says, So one second. The Tanakama is Rebbe Yehuda. 
And then that's our assumption. And now Rebuta is coming to argue. And for the Gemara, you're right. You know how we're going to wiggle out of this? Two Talmidim quoted Rebuta differently. Shaitanai va'aliba de Rabbi Yehuda. Two Tanoim, quoting Rabbi Yehuda, um, quoting Rabbi Yehuda in, in uh, different ways. Now, if you, if this, this is actually not a cop out of an answer, okay? You'd think, oh, it's a cop out. Actually, not a cop out because there's a svara here. There's a very strong logic in the stroller situation because even if you hold Dabrashin and Miskaving is Usr, which is Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, the logic over here is saying you're not even making a farrow. You're just pushing down earth. Nobody plows by pushing down earth. People plow by turning over earth. So even if we're going to say, in other words, you hear what I'm saying over here? Like even, it's still two, we're just saying two different Talmudim quote Rebuta differently, but there's a new Svara. This other Talmud doesn't necessarily even need to be arguing about Rebuta's whole halacha of a Dabr Shein Miskaven being Asr. He's just coming in with a new Svara that the other Talmud didn't say. And his new Svara is, by the way, it's not even a Maisa Kharish. It's not even an act of plowing because we're pressing it down. So it's actually, it, there's a lot more to the answer than, uh, than, what seems to, uh, than what seems to be on the surface. Hadron Lach Yomtev, Hadron Lach Yomtev, Hadron Lach Yomtev, we'll return to you, Bez Hashem. Perak Yomtev, and the Mazel Tov, everybody who finished the, uh, the second Perak of our Mesechta, and Be'ezas Hashem, tomorrow morning, um, tomorrow morning we'll set a time, Uh, tomorrow morning on Erev Shabbos we will begin the new Perek and pick up from the bottom of Dav Chof Gimel Amadez I look forward to seeing everybody at the Siyum and then at the Simchas Beis Hashweva Be'ezus Hashem a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day